Welcome to Emil Franzing's Voices of the West, dedicated to the principle that America was better off when our TV shows featured cowboys instead of lawyers. Here we are for another edition of Amo Franzi's Voices of the West. Howdy, everybody. I'm Harry Alexander. Bunker de France is here, actually. Buenos dias. Sitting right uh, directly across from me. And. Uh, barrier between us. We can choke each uh, other. Yeah, I got my gun out. Just be careful now. <laughs> uh, and uh, Todd Roberts has lost someplace. I don't know if he's still struggling. He's probably financing a Philip. Of gasoline, uh, yes. Los Angeles. There, it's, uh, selling his mother's jewels, <laughs> or whatever. You know, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure uh, we'll probably hear from him in a while. But in the meantime, our guest today is uh, Lynn Downey, and um, we're going to talk about dude ranching. And you know, we were talking before the show with her, and I'll tell you what, I think this show is going to be a oof. Not a hoot, Gibson, but a hoot. A hoot. Welcome to the program, Lynn. We've had you on here before. Thanks, guys. It is great to be here. And uh, I agree with you about the TV shows. (laughs) Hey, did you hear that Tim Considine just died? He was the original spin of Spin and Marty. No. Oh, yes, I did. I did, but I didn't catch the name. They just said... Spin and Marty, so I didn't know which yeah. one. Aww. Yeah, that was you know, it was a dude ranch type of story as well. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, that was a duty ranch. Well, show. your your yeah. book, uh, Lynn, is called The American a Dude Ranch. And um I guess what is the fa- first off, what's the fascination with dude ranches? Who, what's me not? or everybody? Well for well. <laughs> First How of can all, you not be fascinated. Yeah, let's go first of all with you. What is your fascination with dude ranches, and why is there such a a fascination from the uh, the eastern dudes about how our ways are here out west. <laughs> <laughs> well, I uh, <laughs> I'll start right off by saying I am a dudine, which is the female form of dude, which is not dudette. <laughs> okay, um, I'm a native Californian, <laughs> and I grew You're a up prune around picker. Horse- <laughs> say that again. You're smile when you say that. Picker. Yeah, smile when you say them words. <laughs> that's, that's right. Thank you, Owen Wister. Um, I'm from the San Francisco Bay Area, and I grew up in the 50s and 60s, and my uncle raised quarter horses when you could raise quarter horses in the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. And my cousins were bulldoggers and calf ropers in the rodeo circuit. So I grew up around cowboys and horses. And we have this picture of me the first time I'm on a horse. I'm about three on the back of Ginger looking completely freaked out. (laughs) And I did not get the horse gene. I got the I love the West and I love Western history gene. So fast forward, I became the first company historian and archivist for Levi Strauss and Company in San Francisco. Damn. And my job was to organize and create the company's archives. And in those archives were catalogs for the clothing that they made specifically for people to wear on dude ranches. And the catalog was called Dude Ranch Duds. Yeah. And it was from (laughs) 1938. Of course it was. A lot of smiley shirts. (laughs) (laughs) And lamb shaps. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, and satin rodeo shirts with contrasting piping, smile pockets, and the whole thing. You know, know, they're popular back now with the... the, uh, the younger set, it's, I, I can't think what they call them. It's like some kind of cowboy culty thing, music. Yes, or, I don't know. But they're real. Really? We were selling them at the store for a while. They yeah. were. They were. Like, I have some in my closet. So, <laughs> well, if, I'm yeah, not they're the great if you're in a country western band. <laughs> for a cowboy. Hey, man. I wear my western clothes. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. So anyway, so of course I knew what a dude ranch was, but I'd never really, you know, thought about it. Mm-hmm. And then in 2003, I took my first visit to Wickenburg, Arizona, which at a, at one time was called the dude ranch capital of the world. Yep. And I went there to do like do some research, and I saw these dude ranches, and I stayed at a couple of them, and I just completely fell in love with their blend of you know the authentic west but in a way that's okay for people who might not be comfortable with it to start with you know mm-hmm. what i mean yeah, yeah it was it's a way to give the west to it's like the first impression of the west for a lot of people and i i just fell in love with you know the lifestyle on the dude ranch and the the you know the family style meals and eating together and like you're in the bunkhouse together right mm-hmm. and and everything about it so uh, i 
studied a lot more about it when I still worked for Levi's, and then I retired in 2014. I've been writing a bunch of other books, and I thought, I want to write a book about dude ranching. And I realized nobody had ever written a history of dude ranching since, well, not since 1983. Okay, okay. it's time. But when I started to do the research, what I found was the, this is why dude ranchers are still around and still thriving and why we love them is because they're so embedded in American culture. Mm-hmm. And I everything from food to the role of women to movies, books, fashion, everything about all of those topics, you can find a do, something about dude ranching and about how dude ranching affected that cultural element. Mm-hmm. And that just fascinated me. Hmm. Well, you know, I, so there you go. I'd like sure. to go back to the title of your book again, because that says a lot. American Dude Ranch, A Touch of the Cowboy and the Thrill of the West. And that's what dude ranches are. It's, you've, got the, you've got the real deal, and, but you also have the fulfillment of the fantasy. Exactly, exactly. And, that's, and dude ranching this year are 140 years old. Mm-hmm. 140 years ago, the three Eaton brothers of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, put out a guest book at their Custer Trail cattle ranch in Medora, North Dakota. Now, like a lot of other Westerners, they come from someplace else, Pittsburgh, and they had a cattle ranch. Uh, Medora was on the Little Missouri River. And a lot of these cattle ranchers would host hunters who would come out to shoot buffalo and elk and, you know, a lot of other animals. And um, they would put them up for free in their homes and feed them. And one day... Howard, Willis, and Alden eat and looked at each other, and they said, you know, these guys are eating us out of house and home. And these men who are coming out are wealthy Easterners, and they're the nobility of England and Ireland. They're like, okay, no more of this. They put out a guest book and start charging men $10 a week for room and board and staying with them. And nobody objected. It's a chamber. Except for, what'd you say? The prices are <laughs> exuberant. Exuberant. <laughs> <laughs> they were very exuberant. <laughs> and the, the men, these men could afford it, believe me. <laughs> and, and so then word of mouth spread, and more men started coming out. And then another thing started to happen is worried parents would send their, their young men who were, you know, not living the right lifestyle or maybe needed to get dried out. And they would send them to places like Eaton's to dry out. Or and military school. Whole, well, you know, they weren't like that at Eaton's. It was more fun at the ranch. <laughs> yeah. Oh, heck yes. So the, by 1899, the Eaton brothers realized, first of all, somebody had come up with the term dude ranch, and nobody knows where it came from. It just sort of appeared in the mm-hmm. newspapers. And they realized, you know, we're doing better with this hospitality thing than with the cattle thing. So in 1903... They moved to Wolf, Wyoming, and in 1904 opened up Eaton's Dude Ranch, the first official dude ranch on top of the unofficial one in Medora, mm-hmm. and they are still in business today you know, I in want, Wolf, Wyoming. Before we go much further, I want to share a book with you, uh, Lynn. If you're, I, you probably are familiar with it because it's written by Mike Blakely. He's a fellow WWA guy, but it's a book called novel called Too Long at the Dance. Are you familiar with that? I'm not. It is. It's, it's, it's kind of a history of cowboy, and the main guy is a cowboy who's good at the fiddle, so he's very popular at the different ranches he works for. But uh, he ends up in and out of this one ranch, which eventually it's with the people coming from the east and visiting, and it becomes uh, a kind of a, a, a prototype for dude ranches. And it just takes place during the time of the. Uh, of the cowboy wars up in Johnson County, but it's, oh. it's, I think it's as good as Lonesome Dove. I think it's one of the greatest Western novels ever written. Wow. I'll put it on my list. Okay. So how many dude ranches have you been to, Lynn? Um, I am embarrassed to tell you that I've only been to three dude ranches. Really? <laughs> because, It'll be four yeah, when you get I've, to Russell's. Yeah. There, there you go. That'll be four. You'll love it. Um, it is beautiful. Oh, I'm just looking at the pictures on the website. It's amazing. I can't wait to see it. Um, you know, all my research was done in, you know, libraries and online and in books, whatever. Um, but I'm hoping to go to more. Um, 
now that my book is out. Um, and the ones I've been to were in Wickenburg, which is my second home mm-hmm. in my heart. I love love Wickenburg yeah. to pieces. That's a good idea. Um, so what I found was I went to the Buffalo Bill Center of the Western Cody and the American Heritage Center in Laramie, where I did a lot of the research. And they have these amazing photographs. You know, a lot of these dude ranchers would bring professional photo- photographers to their ranches mm-hmm. because they would take really good shots because they were in collusion with the railroads Ooh. to get mm. their curse to come out and come out to dude ranches. And railroads put out these amazing brochures. The cover of my book, that beautiful cover that University of Oklahoma Press did, that is from the cover of a 1948 railroad brochure. Oh, cool. Advertising dude ranches, yeah. So and, you know, there was so much visual to work with. You know, I think an interesting footnote is, you know, Theodore Roosevelt came out to Medora to hunt, but he was in, in many ways the one of the prototypes of the people coming out from the East and falling in love with the West. And just think, by going to Medora, you know, neighbors to the Eatons, he became president. He changed America. He really did. He's probably one of the most influential presidents we ever had. Yeah, but he also, uh, I mean, he fell in love with it so much that he bought, bought a oh, ranch. Oh, yeah, he had, he had his little ranch there. Yeah, you know, the yeah, way- yeah, the Maltese Cross. Yeah, yeah. and if it hadn't and, been you know, for the bad winter, he might have he been there till his final days. Mm-hmm. He might have. You know, the flip side of that story is that um, the second time he came out was 1884, after his mother and his and his wife died mm-hmm. on the same day. Yeah. And he came out, he, came, he was drawn west to deal with his grief. And he stayed west until he was, you know, until he was healed, and then he went mm. back east. And that's that's another part of the story. That's yeah. how and you guys know this for sure is that coming west is is a way to put yourself back together, you know, and to to find healing and to find peace. And that's what the west has meant to so many people for decades. And that is a part of the Dude Ranch story. Well, I think that's part of the, you know, that's the thing about the cowboy and why he's so resilient. You know, you take anybody that's an outdoorsman, I don't care if he's a lumberjack up in Maine or you know, a scrub miner down in Mexico, that outdoor life, you have to be tough and resilient and, and be able to improvise and adjust and do what, what you need to do to get by. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay, and you're going to be at the uh, Tucson Festival of Books uh which is back again after a, a one year or two year. two year hiatus because of the apocalypse. <laughs> um, so, uh, what booth are you going to have there, and or, or will you be with other other uh, like authors? Um, I'm speaking on two panels. Um, yeah. On Saturday at four o'clock, I'm sharing a panel with um, a man named Dr. William Bird. He wrote a wonderful book about sort of the cultural history of the saguaro cactus. Yeah. It's called In the Arms of Saguaros. It's a wonderful book. And we're, we're in a panel called The Iconic West, and that's Saturday at 4. Mm-hmm. And then Sunday at 1, Russell and I are going to be in a tent, and we're going to be talking about dude ranching. And that's Russell yeah. True, the owner Russell of the White Stallion Ranch. I'm sorry, Russell of, True, White Stallion Ranch. White Stallion Ranch, yes. our, our home <laughs> location yes. where we're broadcasting except yeah. for today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, this is so this all is western all the time. Are are you going to be at the Western Writers booth, or are you going to have a, or do you have your own booth? I don't have a booth. I'm speaking at the panels, oh, and then the they panels. do book signings afterwards. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, yeah, you, yeah. you got but two I will, book I will signings, be, one each day. All, yeah, yeah. So I'm up, and, and then I'm going to wander and go to all the other panels I want to go to, and I'll stop by the WWA booth for sure. It's you can hang out. Yeah, I'll be oh, there. Yeah. A lot of people going to be there. <laughs> I know. I'm so excited. I'll introduce you to our good friend, Doug Hawking. You'll love Doug. He's, <laughs> he's quite a character. I know the name. Yeah. <laughs> he's quite a researcher, too. You guys you guys will hit it off. You man. might be sorry, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's, he's as bad as we are. Yeah, so. he is. You got, oh, got you a taste of him with us here. <laughs> All right, go ahead, Bunker, before we do another, before we we got time for another question before we hit the break. Well, let me look here. Let me just kind of bruise here. Well, let's just kind of, you know, this one of the unique things of the Dude Ranches is that uh, the list of celebrities and important people that have stayed and hung out and and come and repeat visitors. And, you know, there's the, there's the obvious ones like Gary Cooper and, 
but I, I was I, I was amazed that Bella Lugosa apparently stayed at one. No kidding. But as Actually, I understand, uh, yeah. there was a rumor he wanted to start one, but you you exposed that rumor as being false. <laughs> Actually, he never stayed at one, but here's the story. Oh, okay. So I'm doing my re- yeah, I'm doing my research, and a lot of my research I did. Um, you can find historic newspapers online now, and you, yeah. they're fully searchable, and it's just like, oh my god, it's so addictive. I know. So I find this headline. <laughs> False news. Okay. Uh uh-uh, uh no. Here's 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 some a fun headline for you. This is what I found: Vampire to retire to Dude Ranch. I'm like, okay. Gotta read that. All right. I gotta track this down. So the story is. Bela Lugosi gave an interview to a movie magazine in 1935, and, and they said, what, is, what ambition do you have? And he said, one of my ambitions is when I retire to open a dude ranch. And he went on and on that he was going to buy property in California's gold rush country next to his friend, uh, famous cowboy star Buck Jones, who apparently had property up there. On and on and on. And I'm thinking, this can't be right. Mm-hmm. So I tracked down Bela Lugosi's granddaughter, a lovely woman who said... No, he was just messing with the movie magazine. <laughs> she said, I mean, who knew Bela Lugosi had such an amazing sense of humor? But she did tell me that he loved the outdoors. Yeah. Yeah, he was a hunter and fisherman. So, yeah. How interesting. Well, you know, we got, we've also got, like, uh, Ernest Hemingway, which I guess he liked, because he was an outdoors outdoorsman. Yeah, he was. And, but he liked to go to the dude ranches and, and uh, work on his books and... Uh, and drink. Maybe have a few uh, toddies <laughs> with the ranch owner. Maybe a few. You know. <laughs> and was a drunk. <laughs> oh, he's one oh. of my heroes. Watch him out Oh, well, there. here. I have a story. I have a Hemingway story for you. All right. So he was in um, Wyoming in 1930, and he was staying at a ranch on the south fork of the, of the Shoshone. And he was on a horse that bolted and, like, dragged him through some brambles or something. <laughs> and he got a lot, a lot of cuts on his face. And the Cody Enterprise did an article about it and said, talked about, you know, dude injured near the Maho Ranch. So, yes, somebody <laughs> called Hemingway a dude. Oh, that's wonderful. That, that made Harry's day. Yeah, it did. And on that note, we got to do, <laughs> I'm not a huge Hemingway fan, I got to tell you. Yeah, we're, we're at opposite poles. Yeah, uh, we got to do our first commercial break. We're speaking with author Lynn Downey, her book, American Dude Ranching, and uh, we're just having a lot of fun here. On Emil Francie's Voices of the West, we'll be back with much more after these messages. The land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true West, where a large number of Westerns were filmed. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and the Hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252. Are you looking for a smart way to invest your hard-earned dollars? Look no further than Wilkinson Wealth Management. This is an investment firm that works for you based on your expectations, not what the stock market says. This is a firm that wants you as a client, not just as a customer. This is a firm that lets you design a portfolio for when you need it. It's a new name, but the same great service you've come to expect. I Miss Wilkinson is now Wilkinson Wealth Management. 7411 East Tank Verde in Tucson. 520-777-1911. America, let me tell you about Sergeant Greg Anderson. Served two tours in Afghanistan, Bronze Star and Purple Heart recipient, and unemployed. The unemployment rate among transitioning service members is unacceptably high, much higher than the general population. Veterans are a proven commodity. They're mature, reliable, and hardworking. They deserve a chance to get back to work after serving their country. Do you really want to honor a veteran? Hire one. Go to legion.org slash honor veterans to find out how you can help. 
26 men, carefully chosen for their courage and ability, formed the Arizona Rangers. Fame and public acclaim was not their objective. This is perhaps why the story of these 26 men has never been told until now. This is the Voices of the West. If you know just what I mean She tips her scales at 102 She'll lock you out, I'm telling you You ought to see her She's peaches and cream A little bit of cowboy copus there, man Hey, that's a little, that's a little bit of dude ranch music Yeah, there. no kidding, peaches yeah. and cream there Welcome back to Abel Francie's Voices of the West Harry Alexander Bunker to France Todd Roberts is uh, looking for $5 so we can buy a gallon of gas. Missing in action, yeah. <laughs> in Los Angeles. <laughs> Our guest is author Lynn Downey, and the book is America Dude Ranching, and uh, that, by golly, we're talking about dude ranches. Well, we were talking about uh, famous people. Uh, Herman Mankiewicz apparently stayed at a California dude ranch when he was working on the script for Citizen Kane. Oh, really? Yeah, tell us, you have any yes, stories behind that? Well, he uh, was at this very remote ranch, uh, whose name completely escapes me at the moment, um, near Victorville, California, which is <clears throat> sort of way down there in the desert. It's and, in the middle uh, of nowhere. Was, <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> unless you live in Victorville. <laughs> and, uh, but that's what, that's the um, attraction. <laughs> there you go. And so at that time... You know, this is, uh, you know, the 19, what year did that come out? 1940s. Dude ranches did not serve alcohol until well into the 1950s. You could bring your own alcohol and you could have it in your cabins. But, you know, a lot of ranches have their own saloons and cocktail bars now. And that was absolutely off the table back in, you know, back in the day. So when Herman Mankiewicz wanted to get a drink, he'd have to hobble into, you know, get, get into, I think he had a broken leg or something. And he had to get into, you know, go into Victorville. But there he was putting the, you know, the finishing touches on that script at a dude ranch. And that's what Hemingway did, too. When he was at a number of dude ranches in Wyoming, Montana, he worked on A Farewell to Arms and For Whom the Bells Holes. Mm -hmm. Famous, famous works. Well, you know, tell us about my most favorite dude ranch of all. That's the Sally Ran nudist dude ranch, <laughs> where they really rode bareback. That would be yours, too, wouldn't it? <laughs> oh, my God. You guys, I never heard of this place until I talked to Russell True of the White Stallion Dude Ranch, and he told me about it. <laughs> I have no idea. I'm not going there. Uh, <laughs> no. well, you know that Russell has, uh, he, he runs three dude ranches here in Arizona, the White Stallion, the... Uh, the uh, Tombstone Monument Ranch and the La Osa Ranch down on the border, which also that ranch house is the oldest building in Arizona oh. outside of the outside of your mission. Wow, really? Yeah, Very old. And wow. it is one of the most beautiful parts. It's right there on the border. Pancho Villa stayed there or rode through, or he did something there he shouldn't have. <laughs> Yeah, Villa, so what you want to do? I've seen old postcards with with images of that ranch. Yeah. yeah. And they did, they did some early silent movies down there, too. I remember when we moved to Arizona, this would have been back in 1959, and I remember seeing the ads for dude ranches and such, And uh, but my parents never uh, were really interested in that, in that sort of thing. I was. Uh, they did take me to old Tucson, though, uh, after we got here. But... Uh, what is it with the popularity of the dude ranch? Is it? I guess people just want to learn to be a cowboy. It's mythology, mythology, fantasy. Yeah, it's just it's fulfillment. It's wish. You know, it's Disney Buc bucket it's, list. It's Disneyland before there was Disneyland. Well, I think it's better than Disney. Western Disneyland, <laughs> much better. Well, <laughs> doesn't cost as much either. Yeah. You know, this is. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. Disneyland costs more now. I know. Uh, you know, there's another interesting thing because I can remember. From the 40s, because uh, I am, I was born before the war, so I kind of remember things. <laughs> but uh, in the, in the, it was big in the movies and the detective stories, the divorce ranches, you know, during the 40s and oh, 50s okay. up in Nevada. Okay. And I know you've got some stories there. Oh, yes. That was a big deal, because in 1931, the state of Nevada 
legalized gambling and then said that you could get a quickie divorce if you stayed within Nevada's borders for just six weeks. So not only did that cause a rush of people, mostly women, to come out and, you know, hang out at the ranches, it started a rush of movies. Because when it would, and I'll come back to the divorce ranches, but this is the thing I love when I, the stuff I was finding about movies is how, how much dude ranch movies reflected what was going on, yeah. you know, in America. So there are all these movies that are, that, and the plot revolves around a divorce ranch, except for just one short scene in one of my favorite films of all time, The Women from 1939. Yes. These very rich, you know, oh, it's a great film. And these very, very rich women um, who live in New York, a number of them go out to Nevada to, uh, you know, await their divorces. And the ranch they stay in is run by Marjorie Maine, you know, Ma Kettle. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she's awesome. Yeah. She's so good. Gotta and so these women, one. the thing they do, and this is part of the answer to your question about why dude ranches, they completely change the way they dress because uh-huh. they're on a ranch. Uh-huh. So, okay. All right, so Mary Boland, she's in, you know, jeans, a plaid shirt, and three strands of pearls. Okay, which (laughs) personally, I think is a fabulous look. Okay, and then Paulette Goddard is in leather hot pants and white leather gauntlets. You know, it's like, it's very cool. They were fashionable. Yeah. Very fashionable. But my my favorite interactions are between Lucy and Rosalind Russell. And Rosalind Russell shows up, and she's very snooty. And she pulls out of the wagon, she pulls this English saddle. And Lucy said, what's that dude contraption? And <laughs> Russell says, it's an English saddle. I refuse point blank to learn to run what ride one of those Western things. And Lucy says, did you ever see a horse laugh? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So it's all about, you know, you have you're, when you come West, you're a different person. You, mm-hmm. you turn into a different person, and if you're lucky, when you go home, you carry part of that person with you back into the rest of your life. Right. And that's one of the parts about, you know, the dude ranch and the popularity of the dude ranch that I just love is, you know, becoming another person. Yeah, they put, they played a amazing. good part in some of the noir films, too. You know, some gal's up there and then some sleazy guy and the cowboy. Oh, sure. Hell, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There was one called Lightning Strikes Twice, Ruth Roman and, oh gosh, what was his name? And it was, you know, the Dude Ranch was just sort of the place where it all happened, but it had to be a Western setting. Um, And uh, Foxfire from 1955 with Jane Russell and Jeff Chandler. Um, Mm -hmm. She's a a snooty Easterner and she meets Jeff Chandler when she's staying at this this Dude Ranch in Palm Springs. And um, Oh, my very favorite, Perry Mason. The Case of the Petulant Partner. Yes. From, that was 19, at a dude from 1959. Yeah, that was at a dude Yeah. Yeah. He and Street. He was my mom's favorite. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Well, the three of them, you know, the, the trio, Della, Paul, and Perry, they stay at the White Sun Guest Ranch in Palm Springs. And that's part of the plot because yeah. that's where they're staying. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, I love it. As long as we're talking about uh, esoteric dude ranches, uh, let's move on to African-American and Jewish uh, guest ranches. Well, there was, as you can imagine, there was prejudice against Jewish guests and certainly against African-American and Asian-American guests until, you know, our own time. Um, Dude ranches very specifically did not allow Jews as guests um, for quite a while. Um, wait a minute, you mean they a- you, wait a second. You mean they actually would stop and ask the religious affiliation before allowing them to uh, get into the to get onto the property? One of the cowboys yeah. would be at their main gate, and as they drove up at the, the station wagon, he'd go, "Have you all got your papers?" No, no, it wasn't that bad. But it was bad enough. It was bad enough because you had to fill out a form. (laughs) You had to to apply to stay at early dude ranches, some of the early ones. Yeah, they screened you, yeah. They totally screened you, yeah. But but in the 1930s, this couple from Los Angeles, Noli and Leela Murray, an African-American couple, bought some property in um, uh, near – in the – the, near the Mojave Desert um, uh, outside of Los Angeles. And they opened this this sort of home for underprivileged kids. And they were having a lot of trouble making a go of it. So they were also near Victorville, which had a huge rodeo every year. And and movie stars used to come to this rodeo. And one year, I'm thinking it was 1937, Joe Lewis shows up. 
And this is, you know, the fighter. And this is before he's about to have a really big, you know, championship bout. And so the Life magazine's following him around and all the cameramen are following him around. And he hears about Murray's ranch. And he goes out there. And because Joe Lewis goes out there, suddenly there's this huge swath of wealthier African-Americans who come out and start to stay at Murray's and they turn it into a dude ranch. Joe Lewis saved that ranch for that couple. And he trained there for his next bout with, oh gosh, Jack Roper, I think his name was. And um, he came out very frequently and then Life Magazine did a... um, did you know? Did a big thing about it, and they were in business for a long time. There's nothing left. It's sort of it's one of those places that sort of has faded into the desert. But um, eventually, <laughs> white people decided they wanted to go there because it was supposed to be really fun. And eventually, it became just a dude ranch for everybody. Yeah. Um, but it began with this really humble couple that wanted to help underprivileged kids. And that one man, you know, one man can make a difference. Joe Lewis made a yeah. difference for that. And I love that part of the story. Well, you know, there's an interesting parallel, too. If you go to the Catskills, to the, you know, the Jewish resorts up there, a lot of the, them uh, pattern themselves to a degree after the dude ranches. Hmm. I just well, let me you know when people started opening dude ranches in the Adirondacks, yeah. people in Montana and Wyoming and Arizona got really irritated <laughs> because you that know there's well, a, that ain't yes, the West, but that, that ain't, ain't the, the West. West. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's like I like to tell people, you know, when they're because that's one of the big things with the Western Music Association, Western writers is that Westerns, if anything west of the Mississippi is Western, anything east is not. Well, I say that the West started at Jamestown. Yeah, depending on the period. West, and moved west. <laughs> hey, we gotta do our we gotta do our next commercial break here, Lynn. Hang on the line. Lynn Downey, our guest. She's an author. Uh, we're talking about dude ranches. Can we brand them? That's yeah. the question coming up next. Can you even imagine switching back to pen and paper to run your business? Every year, we become more and more dependent upon our technology. If your network is not set up properly, you're just one click or one email away from losing data critical to your operation. Arizona Computer Guru offers a host of services to prevent and protect you from disaster. From online backup services to email filtering to fully managed network services, Arizona Computer Guru is here to keep your network secure, your data safe, and your budget in the black. To schedule your free consultation, call 304-8300. The Tucson Trap Ski Club dates from 1948 and is now at 7800 West Old Ajo Highway. The club owns 80 acres and leases 300 more from Pima County that supports 50 trap fields, 15 ski fields, two five-stand fields, two sporting plays courses with 12 stations each, a 9,000-square-foot clubhouse, 200 full-service RV hookups for members, and free Wi-Fi. This expansive facility gives enough room to host major national and international events annually, bringing thousands of people to the community. Check it out at TucsonTrapAndSki.com. You've got some cattle you want rustled but don't have enough henchmen of your own to do the job little lady up the road a piece won't strike a deal with you about water rights you out there come one step near and old bess here'll spit right in your eye so you need to strike your own deal but you need the right henchman to do the job the stage is hauling a wells fargo box loaded with gold you've got the perfect spot to liberate that gold but like henchmen to pull off the job what to do you better start packing a handgun Call Red a Hench. We're a bad guy rental agency. We provide you with enough scrappy henchmen to tackle any job with specific directions. Just listen to what Red a Hench users have to say. Well, you know, when I joined Red a Hench, I was trained by Bud Osborne, Charlie King, and some of the best head henches there ever was. And I'm going to guarantee you that you cannot hench without the proper henches around you. And that's just a gentle hench. When you need sheer numbers of henchmen, call us. We specialize in stage holdups, water right disputes, squatter troubles, cattle rustling, and much more. Our rent henchmen may not be able to think their way out of a paper bag, but they sure can follow directions, and they won't sing to the law about you if they get caught. See our ad in the Saturday Evening Post or Harper's Weekly. Hey, not only that, when you're in the Long Branch and you want to go next door to Doc's to get that bullet out of your shoulder, get a rent to sit there on your place and keep your whiskey warm while you're gone. Rent-a-hench, when you need bad guys to do bad guy stuff so you can keep your hands clean. You let me do the work. 
coming to you from the great southwestern United States. Did you ever see the wind blow a rooster in a jug? Ain't nothing that'll make your innards more squeamy than the first class pure old twisty wheel. This is the Voices of the West. <laughs> Unable Franzi's Voices of the West, Harry Alexander and Bunker to France, Todd Roberts looking for five dollars so he can buy a gallon of gas. <laughs> you know, I you was talking about talking about the rooster and jug, and I got to thinking, down in Australia with the ostriches, do you think they blow the ostriches into a jug? I reckon they would. Yeah. <laughs> our well, our you know, guest is author Lynn Downey. We're talking about dude ranches, her book, American Dude Ranching. And uh, the sequel was going to be about henchmen on dude ranches. Henchmen at dude ranches. Uh, <laughs> there's a that's hilarious, you guys. You like your that? henchman commercial? You, you like yeah. yeah, I we're, love it. We're going to franchise that out. <laughs> 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 um, there's a there was a movie done in uh, 1932. One of my favorite cowboy actors, Hoot Gibson. Uh, it's called A Man's Land. And this is the story of uh, this guy and this other woman each inherit one half of a particular ranch. Now, one guy wants the ranch, and he's got um, uh, the ranch hand uh, to let his men uh, rustle up the cattle. Well, Tex, our main character, not only has to fight the rustlers, but he also has to contend with Easterner Peggy's idea of what a ranch should be. And she thinks (laughs) instead of... The guys walking around in Levi's as they are in, the, in, the, in their shirts. She wants them all dressed up with the smiley pocket shirts and lamb chaps. And, <gasps> and the, the hooter gets his and he says, I won't wear that. <laughs> it tur- it's, it's a comedy of errors. It uh, really, I thought of uh, IMDb doesn't give it all that great of a. They, what do they know? Yeah, but what do they know? It's well, a good know, Hooter movie. You know, can you and you mentioned uh, a, a 1918. No, that's not the one. What is the one here? I got it here. That Hoot Kid. Uh, where is it here? Oh, there we go. I found it. This is uh, the Man in the Saddle. Yeah, the one that, that uh, he did with, and it's just. I think it's probably the one Harry's talking about. Is probably a remake of that one. Could be. Because it also mentions the, he he rescues the girl in the pearls. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. You mentioned it oh, in your book. One? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, which one was that? Was that? Oh, okay. Was that the flying cowboy? Yeah, that's it. That's it. I think that was the flying cowboy. That was 1928. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, the the um, the very first time dudes are mentioned on film as far as far as i could tell was a silent from 1919 called wrangling dudes and it was a documentary and i've never been able to find it you know it's out there because i was was looking it up because of your book and apparently uh i think google one of them uh it said click here you know you click here to watch it so it might it might be available but I found one of the interesting things is that it was done by Chester Outing Scenics, which was done for uh, Outing Magazine. They hired him to do a bunch of a bunch of shorts, and it was number fifteen in that thing. But the guy that did it, this uh, what is it? What is his name? Oh, it's C L Chester. Listen to this. This guy did one. He was a producer. One hundred and sixty-seven. Director of 81, uh, cameraman on three, a presenter on three, and he got his start with Edison as a cameraman. Hmm. Wow. Amazing, yeah. And he just, he cranked those films out. Oh, yeah. Well, that's what they were all doing back then. It was kind of like podcast of today. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Everybody's doing it. Chester Outing Scenic. Even the name is great. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's see. Well, I got another question here for you. Would you explain to all the folks out there that are just waiting with bated breath, Dudine? <laughs> Dudine. Dudine. I did, Alan did the same thing. I apologize. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you want to know where the word comes from? Yeah, the, you know, give us the etymology. I like that word. 
Well, there's, you know, dude is a very, very old word. It's from an old uh, English word, dudas, and it eventually meant clothes, or it originally meant clothes. And then it's where we get the word duds. And by the time the word crossed the Atlantic and came over here, D-U-D-E, still referred to clothes, but it, but it referred to the the man who was wearing very fancy clothes. So a man wearing fancy clothes by the 1880s was called a dude. Now, dudine didn't come around until, I think, after the turn of the century. And there was, some people thought dudette should be the feminine, you know, form of the word, but it didn't catch on. I think there was a racehorse called dudette, and people just thought that was weird. So somehow the word dudine came along, and it's one of those words whose etymology is just a little odd. One of those, one of those mysterious, you know, sort of, sort of a rose in culture. We don't really know why, but there needed to be the female version of dude. And Dudine was the one that came that we got. And do the Dudines also have the fancy clothes? Absolutely. Oh yeah. Well, you know, oh, I, you I'm, I'm going to give you a little little uh, lesson on words. When we were working the pictures, you know, you always had the leading ladies with the great beautiful outfits, right. and then the townswomen that look, you know, terrible clothes, and we called them prairie frumps. <laughs> Prairie fruits. Oh my God! Yeah, try saying that three times quickly, <laughs> not wow, and not get slapped. Yeah, or <laughs> lose your teeth. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, here comes a here comes a cluster of prairie flumps. Yeah. Now the next question is: with all of this activity happening at the dude ranching or dude ranches, can we brand them? Can we brand those dudes? <laughs> yes, we can. All righty then. Oh, my God. You know what story I'm going to tell, don't yeah, you? Yeah, I do. Um, <laughs> well, some ranches did put their brand on uh, the, the boots that the dudes wore. Sometimes they brand their belts. Um, the ranches would also paint the brand on the back pockets of their jeans sometimes. But in 1930, um, I think the man who was the executive director of the Dude Ranchers Association, which had been formed in 1926, had a better idea for the high country dude ranches. Have a, have when the women go out on their like afternoon trail ride, have them wear a halter top and expose their back, <laughs> and put a piece of adhesive tape on their back in the shape of the brand of the dude ranch. Nice. And by the time they finish their ride, they'll have a nice little sunburn so, around the brand, yeah. and there's the brand on I their like skin. I like it. I like it. Well, you okay, know, I, can, I, I do not have to tell you this did not go over well. Uh, apparently not. Well, you know, <laughs> no. one, one of the, there's more to this story. Well, one of the dude ranches up in, uh, in uh, Wickenburg, they actually would take a, a branding iron, not red hot, but hot, and brand the back pockets of the dudes that were willing while they were still wearing their jeans. And one of the world champion uh, uh, ropers that was working there in later days as a wrangler, uh, he was one of the first ones to show them, you know, to do it so that the people would do it. What Was that Everett Bowman? I think it was, yeah, I think it was. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, that makes sense, because I know when I stayed at the Flying E in Wickenburg, they would paint... But this time, this is like 2013, they would paint, you know, the brand on your jeans if you wanted. So, You know, that was my next question, was to, for you to tell us about life on the Flying E Ranch. You're psychic. Oh, it was, it was wonderful. I stayed at the Flying E, I've stayed at Rancho de los Caballeros, and I've also toured the KL Bar. So, and it's three very different ranches from, you know, very different time periods. And what I loved about the Flying E was it's real, it's very small. It's very intimate. Um, the people who were in charge of it at the time, it's a wonderful couple. Um, they had grown up in Wickenburg. They were real horse people, real Westerners. And I always say to people, the, the Western, you know, style clothing that they wore every day was from their closet and it wasn't a costume. They were, down to the boots, down to the ground, authentic Westerners. And they had the warmth and the charm that you have to have, you know, to run a dude ranch. And it, you just felt absolutely welcome from the minute you got out of your car in the parking lot. I loved it. And when I was writing my first novel, the award-winning Dudes Rush In, part yes. of the shameless self-promotion. Of course. Um, <laughs> We're all for it. <laughs> I patterned my, I, it's a, it's set on an Arizona dude ranch in 1952, and I patterned my dude ranch, the H double bar, after the flying E. Well, because I had such a wonderful time there. 
Tell us about your uh, legendary dude ranch collection of whatnots. I understand. I understand you are a compulsive, addicted collector. <laughs> yes, I am. And it started when I worked for Levi's. I've been uh, collecting dude ranch memorabilia. Oh, it must be twenty years now. And I have you know the usual things: brochures, photographs, postcards. I have um, an album cover from Dude Ranch Dances. You know, have a dude ranch dance party in your own home right. <laughs> With, uh, from 1950. Yeehaw. I've got matchbook covers. Yeah, yeehaw. Yeah. I have um, this, uh, uh, photo albums that you could create yourself as the dude from a dude ranch in, I, I, I'm sorry to tell you this, Michigan. Um, <laughs> and then I have a brochure, and I'm going to tell the story. I have a brochure from Sally Rand's Nude Ranch. Tell us more. Oh, yeah. So, Sally Rand was what you would call a fan dancer or a burlesque dancer back in the 30s. She was basically one step above a stripper. Yeah. And in 1933, she went to the Fort Worth Centennial, and she debuted an attraction called Sally Rand's Nude Ranch and had sort of a Western exterior to it. And she had the words, Sally Rand's, it said Sally Rand's Dude Ranch, and then the D in dude was crossed out, and the, uh, the letter N was written above it. <laughs> Sally Rand's new brand. And you'd pay your dime or whatever, and you could go in, and there'd be, there was like a faux desert landscape. And there would be these women in cowboy boots, holsters, and cowboy hats. And that's it. <laughs> and, and they would cavort around, and they would, they'd have little guns in their holsters, and they would, you could just look at the cowgirls. Open so then, them, Brandon. Oh Lord! <laughs> so four years later, she brought the the nude ranch to the Golden Gate International Exposition on Treasure Island in San Francisco Bay which was there on Treasure Island from 1939 to 1940. And it was an even bigger extravaganza. Um, and I will tell you that my father, who was 15 years old at the time, went to the fair and tried to get in to Sally Rand's food ranch, but they would not let him in. Bad for him. At least he tried. <laughs> at least he tried. Yeah, <laughs> And well, it was, I mean, the, 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 you know, the, the nudity was, was uh, you know, just shy of, you know, being raided. But... Um, <laughs> You know, but it was it was acceptable, and it was part of the midway. You know, where all of the other attractions were, right. but, and she was famous for this, and and people remembered her for that. And she ended up marrying a cowboy, and they had a ranch in Montana. Well, you know, I want I want to I want you to settle once and for all all time the dude okay. ranch capital of the world because Cody claims it, Banderas <sighs> claims it, Victorville <laughs> claims it, Wickenburg Wickenburg <laughs> Wickenburg's the winner, huh? Oh no! I was just I was just agreeing with you that that oh, was on the list. Yeah. You know, ev- I think every every one of those places that you know said you know Dude Ranch Capital of America, Dude Ranch Capital of the World, whatever, they had a claim mm-hmm. because they were so huge, and, you know, and you know, and so popular. And these these towns would all say this all at the same time. <laughs> um, I you know I I don't know. Is it because is it by number of dude ranches? Is it by longevity of dude ranches? I don't know what the criterion is. Oh, it's like rodeo. They fight over the who's who's the oldest rodeo, who's the oldest continuous oh, rodeo. Yes. You know, yep. and everybody you know think. But yeah, it's it's one of those unanswerable questions. But we have oh, yeah. an answer. Well, you know, go ahead. Well, yeah, I, I would say Cody is certainly on that list, yeah. and Wickenburg is definitely on the list, and. And you know, there's, all of Arizona. <laughs> there's, and there's an interesting thing which doesn't get mentioned a lot, but a lot of, here in Arizona, a lot of the early, early dude ranches were extensions of the Wyoming ranches uh, because they, they, during the winters they would shut down, and so some of them started running down here because some of them kept horses down here, you know, uh, out of the winter. Run the dudes in the winter. Yeah. <laughs> Eaton, yeah, the, Howard Eaton and his, uh, did as well. He and his actually, I think it's more the descendants of his family, the Eaton family. They they had a uh, you know sort of a satellite ranch in Arizona for decades. Absolutely. Hey, we got to do. Yeah, our, why wouldn't you? We got to do our last commercial break. Our guest author Lynn Downey. We're talking about dude ranches here, there, and everywhere here on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. We'll be back. Arizona, the land of cattle. 
copper and cowboys. It's also the true west where a large number of westerns were filmed. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and a hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home, perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252. Are you looking for a smart way to invest your hard-earned dollars? Look no further than Wilkinson Wealth Management. This is an investment firm that works for you based on your expectations, not what the stock market says. This is a firm that wants you as a client, not just as a customer. This is a firm that lets you design a portfolio for when you need it. It's a new name, but the same great service you've come to expect. I Miss Wilkinson is now Wilkinson Wealth Management, 7411 East Tanker Verde in Tucson, 520-777-1911. Hello, I'm Mr. Red. No doubt you've heard about rescue groups for dogs and cats. But did you know there's a rescue group for horses? That's right, it's called Horses Around Rescue. Founders Steve Boyce and Teresa Worrell are helping out all those equine victims of neglect and cruelty by giving them a place to restore their health and wellness. And Horse It Around provides a nurturing and natural environment where horses can be horses, so they can be adopted out into forever homes. More than 120 horses, mules, and donkeys have been adopted out, but like everything else, it costs money to run the project. Horse It Around is a 501c3 nonprofit located in Southeast Arizona. Your tax-deductible donations to Horse It Around will go a long way so those horses can be horses. Check out the website, horseitaroundrescue.org. Make a difference in a horse's life. That's horseitaroundrescue.org. Hi, this is Craig Morgan with a special message for all those who have served in the U.S. Army. The National Museum of the United States Army, to be built at Fort Belvoir, Virginia, will include the Soldier's Registry, an electronic record of Americans who have worn the Army uniform, recognizing their service. I've already added my story to the registry. I hope you'll add yours. To learn more and to make your story a permanent part of the National Army Museum, visit armyhistory.org. I expect that army contract's going to make me $150,000. You mean us? Oh, here, Daggett. You're getting these rustled horses and you're getting a good price for them in foreign countries. Yeah, sure. But by the time I rebrand and smuggle them aboard ship, I've lost half of my profit. I'm not in this thing for my health, you know. This is the Voices of the West. Just a cowboy, a Texas buckaroo I love the open spaces where skies are always blue I just like to ride along, singing on my way Watching o'er the doggies and rounding up the strays Move slow, you little doggies Oh, it wouldn't be a program without some Ray Whitley, right? No, it wouldn't. <laughs> We're back on Amo Franzi's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander, Bunker de France. Todd Roberts is still looking for $5. He's probably got one of those signs. Uh, $5 for gas. He'll never make it to Vegas. <laughs> I know. Anyway, our guest is author Lynn Downey. We're talking about dude ranches. They ever rustle dudes? Yeah. Rustle I mean, dudes. Rustle, huh? Rustling the dudes, I, man. They might have. You know, well, you know hey, want, we're Russell Cattle. Yeah. I, I Why not Russell and a dude? Oh, well, wait a minute. Yeah, Roy Rogers, he, he kidnapped Dale out of a station wagon one time. Well, but was that Russell and a dude? Well, she was an Eastern newspaper person. And, oh, that, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Well, I got I got one here for you. I think this was one of the neatest things I found in your book. You share your birthday with Annie Oakley. Well, now. Yeah, yes, I do. That is so I cool. love it. 
Nice. That's very cool. And, you know, when I was doing my research at the Buffalo Bill Center of the West um, in Cody, um, I was at the, the research library downstairs, and I told the, and I was there on my birthday. Oh. And I, yeah, I told the library director, could I hold something of Annie Oakley's on my birthday? And she went into the back and brought out a photograph of Annie Oakley that she had signed, which means that she had held it. Wow. And I held it in my white gloved hands. Yeah. But you didn't um, breathe on it. <laughs> I did not. Okay. No, I held my breath. No, nice. I'm an archivist. I understand this stuff. You know? Yeah. Well, let's, let's, move, <laughs> let's move on to one of the most important part of our shows. This is the opportunity for you to shamelessly plug yourself, your next projects, and all the other wonderful things you've got coming up. You got, no, you just do it. <laughs> Whoa, I love you guys. Yeah. Okay. Well, the book just came out, American Dude Ranch, A Touch of the Cowboy and the Thrill of the West, and I'm doing a lot of publicity. I will actually be at the Buffalo Bill Museum on July 23rd, National Day of the Cowboy, giving wow. a talk at the museum Perfect. about the book. I know, I know, right? I'm really excited. Um, I am writing a sequel to my award-winning novel, Dudes Rush In. It's going to be called Dude or Die. <laughs> <laughs> I love and it. it will come out sometime next year. I, I think, you, Lynn, you really need to get some dude rustling in there. Yeah, dude. You know? yeah, I hadn't even thought of that. You've got to have yeah. some henchmen. I mean, there. you know, come on now. We, we they, they rustle cattle. They rustle the cattle. Why not rustle in the dudes? Rustle the dudes. Okay, I think I see another novel brewing here. That's, that's number three. Well, I, I, like, okay. I like the premise of your dudes rush in, you know, with their finding the diary and then telling the, the two different stories in two different voices. Uh, I, I, it's just a wonderful uh, way of doing it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. I, I love writing it. And the, the second book continues the, the adventures of my main character, Phoebe Kelly, and she's helping her former in-laws run the H-Double Bar Dude Ranch in Tribulation, Arizona, which is also based on Wickenburg. It's all about Wickenburg. Oh, it's a tribulation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the trouble with tribulations. Trouble, you know, that trouble was a Star, Star Trek episode. Trouble with there. tribbles. Yeah. Thank you. Great Star My Trek favorite episode. episode. I remember that one. It was Western tribbles. <laughs> yep. That was a good one. They were rustling tribbles. <laughs> okay, there's another novel. See? <laughs> Stay with this show, man. We'll give you all kinds yeah. of ideas. We'll get you that okay. stuff. We'll get you, we'll get you, we'll get you a Pulitzer. Yeah, right. Okay, it's a deal. No, that, that's, a, that's a back. rare breed of cow. It's not, not a prize. <laughs> oh, you guys oh, this has blessed. been wonderful, man. I, really, I have really laughed my tail off on this show. This has been great. So you have not, you will be staying at the White Stallion, but you have not been there before. Is that correct? That's correct. I've uh -oh. never been there. You're going to so love I it. I will be there. You're going to oh, love I know. it, man. Well, you'll probably I know get I the. the I know Chris Enns is he's the president of Western Music, yeah. Western Music, Western, Western Writers. She'll be uh, out there. She's going to be doing uh, talk out there. a talk out there on the tenth. Yeah, so you guys may cross oh, paths. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Well, yeah, I know Chris, so Good. that'll be. But I've never met her in person, so oh, that will wonderful be wonderful. Lady. Wonderful lady. Yeah. Oh, I know she is. She is a just a, a real oh, Western lady. Make sure that you get an invite. The highfalutin, the Western writers, uh, yeah. we, they, we all get together out at the highfalutin uh, Saturday night and and eat and tell stories and just have a wonderful time. So make okay. sure you get an invite for that. That's right. Yep. Okay, it's a deal. Well, what we got? We, still yeah, got, we time. got about a minute left there, oh Bunker. So uh -oh. I'm not ready for this. <laughs> I know. I just, well, let's see here. Well, we got, oh, we all my stories that. are too long. Yeah. I just want to say thank you to you guys, by the way. This oh. has been so much fun, and thank yep. you for letting me blather away about dude ranches. We appreciate well, having you on, trust me. Well, you know, I think it's a little background here. You're a fifth-generation family from uh, Sonoma, California, which is pretty pretty impressive. You had 34 <laughs> years of in-house historian and archivist with uh, Levi Strauss, and I think you've probably written more books and stories and articles about Levi's than anybody. You should be in the Guinness Book of Records. Moreover, are you currently wearing Levi's? Yes, I am. All right. There you go. Well, you know, <laughs> the, the only brand I wear. You probably get some go. free, you know, they, all that time. Not anymore. Not yeah. anymore. <laughs> well, let's see here. I'll just go back. Some of your early articles were written for the... Uh, 
were journals for the California History and the Arizona Journal of Journal of Arizona yeah. History, which is a it's a great resource for material and stuff. Oh, wonderful! I had a lot of fun. I wrote an article about how Arizona is represented in the Levi's archives, and there was a lot. Oh yeah, it should be. Yeah. All right, we are we are plumb out of time, folk. Thank you so much, Lynn, for joining us. Phil Olsey is our guest next Saturday, and uh, we'll be doing some Western music. So, yeah. Until then, thanks, guys. Thank you. 78, 79, and all the Dude Ranch ADOs you can handle. (laughs) So long, everybody. Thanks for listening to Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. (laughs) 